Jamie Dye with you live here at TCU Place in Saskatoon, where the Kinsman Sports Celebrity Dinner goes tonight at 6.30. The VIP event going on right now. The lineup to uh, get Jose Bautista to sign something continues to... It doesn't shrink. It's quite impressive. Uh, Jose Barrios, Jamie Campbell, uh, Buck Martinez, uh, Jorgen Houston, the Riders, Corey Mace, the head coach, stopped by earlier uh, here with us on the Green Zone. But right now, speaking of what we chatted a little bit with uh, Corey Mace, no specifics because he can't tamper before uh, Sunday is what the Riders uh, could be landing as the negotiating window of the CFL opens up at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Justin Dunk, our CFL analyst, here on the green zone. So, Justin, how busy are the Saskatchewan Rough Riders going to be? Ooh, I think there'll be some people switching uniforms into the green and white. I could see a handful. Do you want to name any names here, J.D.? What do we got? Come on. I, Corey Mays couldn't name names. I'll see get in trouble, and I don't want to get the new head coach fined. I don't think that would help our relationship any. But you that can. That would be a good way to start it off. I agree. Yes, I suppose. I mean, I think it's pretty easy to look at some of the connections that Corey Mace has had during his career, right? It's been a bunch of his coaching career as he got started with the Calgary Stampeders, then was with Toronto, and now obviously is in Saskatchewan. So I think you look at the Argonauts free agents, and by and large part, the majority of the players that are on these free agent lists right now are seemingly headed towards this negotiating window. Like I was talking to one league source today, and they said, seems like everybody's going to the window. I'm like, well, it's not everybody because a bunch of people have resigned. So I think if you look at specifically the Argos, because that's where Mace was there last, and you look at a couple of positions, a defensive line, there's a number of unsigned defensive linemen in Toronto. And I really think a guy that was an up-and-comer and who still has some upside is a guy like Brandon Barlow. I know there's a lot of people looking at Sean Oakman and thinking that he's a guy that could be on the move to potentially join Mace in Saskatchewan. But I think he's kind of going the younger, more upside route. And that's why I think Barlow could potentially make a lot of sense. There's probably going to be some other interest in Barlow on the open market as well. And then you look back to his time in Calgary. So I look at a player like Jameer Thurman, who has yet to be signed by the Hamilton Tiger Cats to a contract extension, and think, well, Thurman has a lot of years in with Mace and could be a foundational piece for him in Saskatchewan to be able to set the whole mood there and also lead that defense from an experience standpoint. And then you look at the secondary and Nick Marshall, not back with the team, obviously, and dealing with some of the off-field issues that have arisen for him. I think you look at that corner spot and a guy like Jamal Peters has not been re-signed yet by the Argos. I'm sure they'd like to have him back, but he's at the top of our defensive backs board on 3downnation.com that will come out on Saturday. So I think Peters could make some sense going to Saskatchewan, but there's going to be other teams interested in him as well. Yeah, he, he, the the Barlow name is interesting one. He would be an, I, I he flew under the radar, right? Like he's one of those guys who flies under the radar, and then all of a sudden, oh, okay, now that he's in a bigger, highlighted position, uh, it can be uh, maybe the next, you know. 
guy who could lead the CFL in sacks. I, I don't think I'm overstating how I think underappreciated he is. I think probably some people around the CFL would agree with you on that, and I think that's why you know a lot of people speculated early on. And you look at Sean Oakman and the big body that he has, and he would fit in the middle there. But they go and they re-sign Anthony Lanier, so they make that decision that he's going to fit in what Mace is going to do on defense, and you can move him inside and outside. It's yet to be seen how Mace is going to deploy him, but. You make that point as to people seeing this upside in Barlow because he's flashed it. And football ultimately is a young man's game, and especially at some of those positions that have a lot of wear and tear on people that, you know, I think that would be a prudent sign. And there's probably going to be a couple other defensive ends that at least get to the window and maybe free agency. A.C. Leonard could be one of those. Jackson Jeffcoat is another one. But those guys are in much different areas of their career in terms of just tread on the tires and their age at this time. Justin Dunk from Three Down Nation, our CFL analyst here on the Green Zone. The negotiating window opens on Sunday, 11 a.m. Saskatchewan time. And to remind everybody, this is the week last year where it was, oh, Trevor Harris is coming to Saskatchewan. Cody's going to Montreal. This this, this next week is not to be underestimated, Justin Dunk, on the rumors, well, not even rumors, the facts that will be coming out on who's talking to who. Exactly. Agreed to terms will be the phrase of the week, especially for us at 3 downnationcom I'm sure for you on the show and I. Like, this is where now a lot of the free agency groundwork is laid. Can teams comment on who they're going to sign officially? No, they can actually talk to these players and form a relationship in a handshake agreement or a verbal agreement, formalize that during free agency. But, yeah, you're right. This is where... Trevor Harris and Cody Fajardo kind of changed teams in a way last year. This is where a lot of these deals are going to be done. But, you know, some players will use it as a week leading into free agency to gauge the whole market and make a decision. I don't think all these guys are going to, you know, be rushing to make a decision knowing that they have this time. But I think as the week goes along, it'll become clear as to where at least, you know, a number of these players are likely going to end up. Okay, uh, running backs. Brady Oliveira, A.J. Ouellette, uh, Kadeem Carey um, out there. William Stanback, uh, rumored with the Riders might be interested. Jamal Morrow. How big of a running back carousel will it be? Or do you think this is posturing? I'm, I can't believe we'll live in a world where Brady Oliveira is not back with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but maybe you disagree. Just based on what I've heard around the league, I think there's a real possibility of that. And I do also believe that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers would like to get Brady Oliveira back, but it's going to cost a decent amount of a raise for Oliveira, who had to have a historic season and win the Most Outstanding Canadian Award to make $120,000 last year to max out his contract. And rightfully so, he wants well over $200,000 on his next deal. He's in the prime of his career, coming off one of the best seasons, you could argue, ever by just a CFL running back, but definitely by a Canadian running back in the CFL. So if Oliveira gets to the window, he's at least going to have multiple teams interested, and I think flash that kind of upper-tier coin, because outside the quarterbacks and... One receiver, Gino Lewis, who makes over $300,000, 
if you make $200,000 plus in this league, you're in the upper tier. So that's what I'm talking about when I say upper tier. And I think there will be teams that flash that money at Oliveira, who, oh, by the way, is going to be making this decision from halfway around the world in Bali, where he's been rescuing dogs with his girlfriend, Alex. So just add so much into the situation around Oliveira. AJ Oletz is Saskatchewan. William Standback, do you think they're in the market for a big-name running back to land in green and white? I would imagine that the riders will check in on the running backs, and I think that's probably more of what's going on with William Standback to this point and see what the price point is going to be with all of those guys that you mentioned and then make a decision from there. Obviously, Ouellette and Mace have that relationship from their time together in Toronto. He could be one of those foundational leadership pieces for Saskatchewan on offense as Mace brings in this new attitude and look to this team. But if he's going to want you know, around $200,000 or even a little bit less, are the Riders willing to pay a running back that? And I think part of that answer will be based on what other positions potentially hit the free agent market and who the riders are willing to spend their money on. So, you know, it's a possibility. I certainly think Jeremy O'Day will do his due diligence and check in on those running backs. But, you know, if he feels like all of them are too pricey, you could always turn back around if he isn't gone, that is, and re-sign Jamal Morrow. Okay, there was a lot of quarterbacks last year, but well, do you think, Justin Dunk, there's going to be jaws hitting the floor with a potential move over the next week on what could happen across the landscape of the Canadian Football League. Uh, There's a few, like Matthew Betts hasn't signed yet with the BC Lions. Uh, I'm very interested on who could move in the next week ahead of free agency Tuesday, February 13th. To me, the potential jaw droppers would be if Betts does leave BC, and I do think there's a decent chance here, still some time left, but that he could at least get to the window. And if he does get to the window, there's some teams that are willing to spend, especially on a guy that had a dominant season like Betts had in 2023. And the other jaw dropper would be Oliveira actually leaving Winnipeg. Now, everybody else, I think you look at the free agent lists and the rankings and the guys at the top of it, I think there's you know, a chance if they're not re-signed by Sunday that they could move. And just based on doing my research with people around the league, you know, that's what seems to be the case. The one other one that a lot of teams are keeping a very close eye on is Jermarcus Hardrick with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Does he stay in the peg like he's done on multiple contracts there, taking less to try to help that team stay together and make a run at multiple Grey Cups as they have done? Or does he want to go out and try to get paid that upper echelon kind of money, $200,000 plus, on the open market? Because I think that would be there for him. So I think those are, to me, the three big names. And some people might not think the offensive linemen are as sexy, but Hardrick could be a real game changer for a number of teams out there. Saskatchewan, maybe? (laughs) Well, they have had... Issues finding quality. No, tackles. hold. The, the Riders have had issues on the offensive line. This just in from Justin Dunk. Come on. <laughs> it's nothing new. So, you know, you would imagine if Hardrick got to the window that the Riders would at least be 
somewhat interested, but there's going to be multiple teams because of how much Hardrick is proven and does not yet have maybe the wear and tear of uh, Stanley Bryant yet and isn't really as up there in age as a Bryant. Well, J.D., uh, have a great weekend. Work in the sources. I know it'll be a busy one next week starting Sunday at 11 a.m. with the negotiated window. Thanks for teeing it up with us today. You bet, buddy. Enjoy the curling out there. Oh, yeah, the curling's going on. Your buddy DuPont was on the show yesterday. We had a nice chat with Darren on uh, the curling play-by-play voice. He's doing a bang-up job uh, with Curl Sask on uh, YouTube. That is our uh, CFL analyst, Justin Dunk, from Three Down Nation. And, yes, I'll bring you up to date on uh, the Tankard, of course, as they go into the final draw tonight at 7 o'clock and decide the final four to play for the provincial title. Plus, a busy day in hockey. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with you live here on the Green Zone. TCU plays downtown Saskatoon ahead of the Kinsman Sports Celebrity Dinner tonight. Jose Bautista, Buck Martinez, Jose Barrios, Jamie Campbell, Corey Mace, Jorgen Hughes among those uh, in attendance uh, here uh, tonight. Of course, it's a busy time in Saskatoon. Let's get you up to date on the Tankard where we were yesterday. And thanks again for Curl Saskatchewan and uh, those organizing the Tankard for having us. As tonight is the final draw uh, at the Tankard. as And there's some big-time games to decide who's going to make the final four. Uh, as Cody Hartung, 4-0 and against the defending champ, Kelly Knapp, 3-1. and you also have Ryan Kleider at 3-1 and one against Josh Height, 2-2. Two and two. Those are all in the same pool. Uh, so Kleider wins and Hartung wins. Those two would go into the next round, but could see some tiebreakers in that one. Uh, Steve Laycock lost his first game. He's dropped to 3-1, and one, takes on McEwen, who is a 4-0 and oh right now. Uh, but the significance of that one is pretty easy. Steve Laycock wins, and he'll have the number one seed and go into the 1-2 game and drop McEwen down to the 3-4 game. Uh, but if McEwen wins, that'll drop Laycock down, likely need a tiebreaker against Kaltoff uh, to make it into the playoffs. So a couple of key games tonight, 7 o'clock draw at the Nutana Curling Club in Saskatoon at the Provincial Men's Tankard as we get to the one-minute drill. Busy day in hockey. The L.A. Kings have fired Todd McClellan. Uh, Jim Hillier is the interim coach for the rest of the year. The Kings have three wins in their last 17 uh, games after a great start uh, to the season. The Winnipeg Jets made a trade with the Montreal Canadiens. Sean Monaghan is going to the Jets, has 13 goals so far this season. The Canadiens get a first-round pick and a conditional uh, third-round pick in 2027. And Gary Bettman alongside the NHLPA and the IIHF have announced that Yes, indeed, the NHL players will be back in the Olympics starting in 2026. More to come from the Kinsman Sports Dinner here in Saskatoon on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to the Kinsman Sports Celebrity Dinner. Jamie Nye with you live. TCU Place downtown Saskatoon as the event will begin at 6.30. The VIP event going on right now. And it is a pleasure to be joined by former Toronto Blue Jay, Jose Batista, joining us here in the Green Zone. Welcome to Saskatchewan. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, It's been great. And apparently we were blessed with... uh, 
Very mild weather for this time of the year, so I can't complain about that. Being from living in Florida nowadays. I, I, I saw your video saying I'm ready for the weather. I'm like, I looked at the forecast. I said he's he's not even going to get to experience the minus forty that we usually get in the Saskatchewan. Well, I'm not going to again, not going to complain about that. And I, I I should have checked the weather, but. To my defense, this is still cold for me. Yes, so. yes it is. Uh, Jose, when you look back on your career, how many times today have people talked to you about the bat flip? I know you're assigning photos of the bat flip, and how much has that become a big part of your career? You know, it was a great moment indeed, and a lot of people have talked about it, so I lost count. Um, you know, it, it just represented a big, um, big moment for the franchise, great moment for the fans. After 22 years of not making it to the playoffs and being backs against the wall. So, I mean, I was fortunate enough to just be in that situation, let alone come through. So I thoroughly enjoyed the moment, and I hope that everybody else did as well. Well, when you have a moment like that in your career, will it take some time to reflect on just some guys have a great career and they don't really have that moment? You have one of those iconic moments, especially in Jay's history. Yeah, it took a little bit because um, when you're in the middle of it and you're still focused on the competition and the preparation and the dedication, you kind of don't pay attention to those things too much because you don't want to lose that focus. So, mm-hmm. uh, But it's been a while because obviously I've been retired for, for a few years now. Um, so I've gotten to reflect on it. And, yeah, um, it's a great moment. So I've enjoyed it. Well, back then there was a lot of debate about a backflip. Now it's barely debatable but guys are flipping bats all the time now in major league baseball you know all pioneers and all ways of life take a little heat every now and then but <laughs> you know bat flipping is like celebrating after a touchdown or after a dunk there's no uh, no harm in it i think it's a it's a great way to celebrate doing something amazing for your club and um and i think people are more accepting now and it creates that connection with the fan it's one of those additional like yeah. uh touch points that the fans can uh, interact with uh with their players how important was in reflection the move to toronto uh, for what toronto has now meant to your career as you're on the level of excellence and everything else well i was very lucky that i came to a place where my the things things worked out for me uh it was just a perfect storm of conditions and situations that allow me to flourish as an individual and sometimes uh, a little change of scenery does uh, people well, and it definitely worked out in, in, in my case. Now, what's it like to become, not even ask permission about it, but become kind of an ambassador for baseball in Canada just a little bit uh, as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays as you got to hang out with some of the kids in Saskatoon earlier today? Yeah, it comes with the territory. You enjoy the success, and just people look up, up, up onto you for uh, certain things. So I accept that responsibility, and I try to... You know, be a good ambassador and, and represent my team, my family, my country, and, and the Blue Jays well. Um, so it just comes with it, and you just uh, embrace it. What was that group like? In 2015? Like the Incarnacion. It was a great group. We just enjoyed each other. And I think when you do that and you're just having fun, good things happen. So we uh, we had each other's back, and we picked each other up. Uh, and it wasn't about what the individuals were doing. Um, it was more about going out there and trying to crush the opposition every single day. And uh, we, we enjoyed coming together as a group and doing that. How close did you feel you came to possibly winning it all? I mean, we were very close. It's, uh, it's unfortunate sometimes the way uh, sports work and uh, you can get your heart broken um, when you think you can accomplish some things and you don't. So 
uh, we were very close. We felt like we had it in 2015 for sure. So it's the one that slipped away. Uh, Jose Bautista joining us here on the Green Zone. Uh, what are some of the messages you like to send when you are able to speak to a crowd, uh, when you're asked to give motivational speech or anything like that? I mean, it all depends on the crowd and, and what, you know, the crowd wants to hear and what the engagement is all about. So it's usually about teamwork, dedication, how to deal with adversity and um, how to get the most out of people's uh, individual skills and, and talent when you're in a group setting um, and just about how not to give up. How important was that for your career? Very okay. important. I mean, I think it's important for every guy's career. There's no guarantees in baseball. The only guarantees is when you have a, that long-term uh, major league signed contract and those don't come around too often so we all have to fight for our lives um and i mean our work in our lives uh, no matter what you do and baseball is no different uh, jose batista joining us here on the green zone uh the buck martinez is here well, what's it like to be around buck how important is it to a player to have a broadcaster be able to call a couple of big plays for you on that <laughs> it's great it makes it fun and listen buck played the game he was a manager he's been in different roles in the front office and now he's on on the tv doing the color stuff so uh he's got a he brings a bunch of different perspectives uh into his t- commentary and uh he keeps it fun for everybody and uh of course he's got a great voice so that doesn't hurt right <laughs> uh, and then when he pan the tv pants to him he's got this great flowing hair so he's got uh, all the ingredients and he's done a terrific job so uh it's very, we're very fortunate at the jays to have somebody like buck uh, be on tv every night finally what do you think of this group of toronto blue jays on what they've built again behind your footsteps well i don't know about my footsteps but i think we had a great group of guys but listen they, they have all of that it takes maybe they need to accessorize a little bit the roster but they have the, the pieces the main pieces that you need um they have the personalities the leadership they have uh the talent um and they have the health and the hard work and dedication so it's just a matter of coming together as a group and um just everybody rowing the boat in the same direction and i think um you know, things are going to come together. They've been around once or twice. They teased with a the playoff. They made it to the first round and some stuff. So I think they got, they're got they going to approach uh, the game a little bit different um, from time to time throughout the season. Hopefully this year, having learned from those experiences in the years before. And, and hopefully it comes together for them uh, this year because uh, I'm very excited to, to get the season going and watch them uh, compete throughout the summer. Well, Jose, I, uh, thanks for spending some time with us. I know there's lots of people who like to meet you before the event starts here at the VIP function. Thanks for joining us here on the Green Zone. My pleasure. Thank you so much. As Jose Batista, former Toronto Blue Jays, and of course in the level of excellence uh, at the Rogers Center now uh, in uh, Toronto, uh, live here in uh, Saskatoon. And it's interesting the art of the bat flip on how and, uh, how controversial that was. We had the debate back then on the bat flip and all that stuff. And now you see it a lot more often in Major League Baseball. Uh, also uh, a cultural thing when you think of those uh, players in uh, the Dominican and Cuba and Puerto Rico and stuff like that and the way they play and the way they brought up. And it is awesome to have Jose Batista uh, here on the green zone as... Of course, Jose Barreos, also Jamie Campbell, Buck Martinez will be here, Corey Mace as well, as the group uh, heads out and the dinner begins at 6.30 tonight. More to come here on the Green Zone. We'll also talk about, before we get to Champs and Chumps, 
Gary Bettman's announcement of the NHL participation at the 2026 Olympics. Now, for me, this is a massive piece of news to have the NHL back at the Olympic Games. There, You look at that 2014 roster. You have Sidney Crosby. Like, you think of all the stars who have come after that 2014 Olympic gold medal in Sochi, Russia, and what is going to happen. And it's not only Canada. It's not only the Canadian team. You look at the American team as well, with Austin Matthews will be a member of that American team, with Jack Eichel, with the Hughes brothers, with Thatcher Demko, likely more Connor Hellebuck in net. the blue line will be stacked. We had uh, John Shannon on earlier who said, who's the favorite to win gold in 2026? And he chanted, USA, USA. He's not American. He's Canadian. But that's the team to beat. But you look at the Canadian lineup in 2026. You start with Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and then who knows what's coming up. Like Connor Bedard in two years is going to be a start. You're going to have Mitch Marner, probably coming from the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, playing uh, for Team Canada. And I I can't wait to see the lineup again on best on best for the Nationals. How did they make it work? Well, they came to an agreement with the IIHF and also the different bodies uh, to pay for the insurance was a big issue. The NHL was like, we are not paying for the insurance of our million-dollar contracted players. And insurance is a big thing. When you think you have a $13 million contract, who knows what Connor McDavid's deal is going to be or Leon Dreisaitl, you want those, that you want protection. And they were wanting the NHL to pay up for some of that. They're like, you want our players, you pay for it. And the double IHF and now Hockey Canada, the U.S. Hockey, all the hockey federations around the world will have to pay insurance for their own athletes to participate, in, which make, I, to me it makes sense. Like, why should the NHL pay for the insurance for their players if you're loaning them to the Olympics? IOC, double IHF, all that. That is who should be paying for it, and that's what will happen. The NHL will also get a lot more rights. Before, they couldn't use images and video. That made no sense. Wait, Sidney Crosby scores the golden goal and we can't use it? Our own player, which was the rule back then. Now they're getting a little more lenient is the IOC. And you will see best on best hockey yet again. In 2026 and 2030, those Olympic Games will be in Italy in 2026. And it's not official, but right now, the only country who has put in a bid for the 2030 Winter Games is France. So it's going to be Paris for the Summer Olympics, uh, Italy, and then once it circles back, it's likely going to be in France. And in 2030, they were talking about having it in Nice, France, for the hockey and the figure skating and stuff like that in 2030. I'd like to be there. I, I hear... Southern France is quite lovely. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if we can throw that in the budget. we got more than enough time to plan for it in six years uh, for the 2030 Olympics. So that was the other big story uh, today. Uh, but Champs and Chumps next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, You're a bad person. 
Each and every day, one champ, one chump. Now, the chump, I will tell you, this is so insignificant, but I need to go on a rant on the chump. And the chump is how the draft process played out last night for the NHL All-Star Game. I was getting upset watching it, okay? I was going... Really? This is how we're doing it? The Toronto guys are going to draft the Toronto guys, and the Vancouver guys are going to draft the Vancouver guys, and Colorado's going to draft the Colorado guys. I'm like, come on. The first pick overall, when Vancouver had the pick and Toronto was up next, they should have picked Mitch Marner. I wanted to see Bieber lose his mind at Buble. And Tate McRae, I didn't even know who she was before last night, although people are calling me crazy for not knowing who Tate McRae is. Um, but that—that's my chump. Like it was just like, oh, we got the we got this guy, so we're gonna draft the, the two New York Rangers are on the same team. But here's the deal: there's the one flaw in this, and I'm gonna chump the Vancouver Canucks guys. If you were gonna do it, and then you leave the new guy out, Elias Lindholm's not on the Vancouver Canucks squad of Thatcher Demko and Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes and J.T. Miller. They look. I mean. Did they not hear about the trade before last night, knowing he was a member of the team? I still think there's going to be a trade tonight. I still think there's going to be a trade for Elias Lindholm to join the uh, Vancouver Canucks squad. Uh, so there's the most insignificant chump maybe in the history of the green zone is me ranting about how the draft process played out. Like Again, NHL, have some fun with it. Although, and, and... They didn't have the final. They didn't have that guy sitting there like Phil Kessel. The final four, they each got a bag, and it unveiled the jur- like which person's team they were on, uh, and then that's how they figured out the final four on where they were going at the NHL All Star Game. There is my chump. Uh, the champ is also pretty insignificant. I am just so excited that the NHL is back to the Olympics. Thank you, Double IHF, for finally conceding that you are borrowing NHL players, that it benefits you more than it does the NHL to have them there and paying the ticket to finally have NHL players back at the Olympic Games in 2026 and 20. 30. Uh, thanks for the uh, Kinsman for having us here at the Sports Celebrity Dinner and the VIP event. Thanks for Jose Bautista for stopping in and Corey Mace. And of course, it was a great time in Saskatoon. We're at the Nutana yesterday with Curl Saskatchewan as we get to the one minute drill. And the latest in sports, as mentioned, the NHL is going back to the Olympics, but also Todd McClellan fired today by the LA Kings. Uh, it was three wins in their last 17 games after a pretty great start uh, for the Kings. And also the Winnipeg Jets made a deal today. Sean Monahan is going to Winnipeg. The Jets give up a first-round pick and a conditional third-round pick in 2027. WHL action tonight. The PA Raiders are in Moose Jaw against the Warriors. The Swift Current Broncos in Regina against the Pats. Well, the Saskatoon Blades are on home ice uh, tonight against the Medicine Hat uh, Tigers. Uh, that's it for us this week here on the Green Zone. Of course, negotiating window, Super Bowl week. Yeah, we got a busy week ahead. It starts on Monday at 2. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.